0: and welcome to In Search of Tracks podcast, the podcast that tends to talk about music from the 90s more than other eras, but we're open to
1: albums from all of the eras. My name is Pete. My name is Bob. How are you today, tonight, forever? I'm okay. It's a little cold on this January evening, you know? <laughs> Yo, it's, it's been cold <laughs> for a long time. What do you think this is, Miami Beach? Not hardly. <laughs> Um, Pete, I'm feeling energized though. Uh, I'm excited to be recording. Uh, I'm excited to be recording. I'm excited to talk about some music. Um, always, what else is there to
0: talk about? There's not literally nothing else going on in the world,
1: you know, not not a darn thing. Nothing else, nothing else in the world. It's weird. But, um, but maybe I can offer some commentary about like snacking and eating food too, though. Um, always Pete (coughs) snack time corner. Snack time corner is going to lead us off. I, for the last two or three nights, I don't know, two or three. Cash? I believe, for whatever reasons, circumstances, yeah, have had an inkling to go and get myself some food. Um, it started, I think, three days ago. I wanted to go out and get... Maybe I was hankering for like chipotle or something like a burrito like you know not taco bell not you know our our personal lord and savior taco (laughs) bell um but i was like oh me i'll get chipotle that sounds pretty good all right all right i'd done a bunch of um yard work kind of like uh like clean up this that it wasn't too cold that afternoon i was just like let me get this straightened out whatever yeah um but then I got waylaid. I was like, you know what? Got home. I had just like uh, some ramen. Actually, shout out to Twisted Noodle Chicken Ramen, which Ooh. is accidentally vegan, but it is also fantastic. Probably has uh, enough salt for three days of salt, but that was okay. <laughs> it was really good. I was like, all right, I got this. I got one package of this left. Let me just eat that. That's fine. It warm me up. It's what I was looking for. All right, cool. I uh, love a good, good ramen. Yeah, same. And I, you know, so I I love a good ramen, like real ramen. Yeah, and I also love a good like uh, you know, ramen. yeah, 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 like oh, the Taco Bell, our Lord and Savior uh, equivalent of ramen, uh, which is <laughs> you know the the cheap shit. Sure. Um, so, but but deep inside, there was that little goblin. That goblin was like, "But what about that burrito? We didn't get anything to eat." Dun, 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 dun. So the chocolate goblin. Later that night, I ended up having to record for the other podcast, Axe to Grind. Shout out to Axe to Grind. Everybody should listen to that too. We had kind of a weird recording. We were recording with someone who was overseas and Patrick is also in Perth. So it was like uh, quite a global recording session. But we were finishing up at like 8.45. And I was like, do, do, do. Hey, maybe you can go out and get some food. The goblin. The goblin was there. And I was like, <laughs> oh, I should. And I hate normally, Chipotle goblin. Normally, Pete, uh, recent times i have been really good. I feel really good if I eat dinner sometime in the 6 o'clock-ish range. Um, even if it's as late as you know finishing up by 7, I'm cool because then I just I'll drink some water. I don't really eat anything after 8 p.m. And then I don't eat anything until I'm up in the morning. And so it's like kind of a nice thing. I, I like that. Yeah. But I also like good food and treats. Um, but, and I was starving. I hadn't eaten anything since like one in the afternoon and I hadn't eaten anything all morning. So I ate one thing of ramen at one in the afternoon. It was almost 9 p.m. But I looked around. I had to do some cleanup. I had to prep for for my kids to go to school the next morning. So I was like, all right. I guess it's a bowl of special K for dinner for me. That <laughs> goblin tapping his toe like Sonic in the video game. Like, what are you doing? What's yeah. going on? Where's that oh, food? We, Why didn't we, we get anything good? Why didn't we? We can't have that. Pete, you got to feed the goblin. The goblin is still at a loss. <laughs> I am. Uh, I was then. <clears throat> uh, I'll cut to the quick. But I can't, again, the the day after that, which was the day before today, um the goblin got me but i had picked up my son and i had time before i had to go pick up my daughter i was like hey how about we uh why don't we stop and grab some food i'm starving i haven't eaten anything if you want something i'll get you a little snack whatever And he's like yeah okay i was like i was thinking about going to the diner and getting an omelet cuz my the goblin had shifted the goblin had decided it wanted an omelet maybe some onion rings or something you know what uh, i mean some diner little food little guy yeah that motherfucker um <clears throat> And I was like, or or I could get like Chipotle, you know? And my son was like, oh, well, how about Chipotle? And I was like, okay. The goblin wanted diner.
0: Damn.
1: You know what I ended up doing? I Nada. don't know. I didn't do nothing. I went home. <laughs> I had a peanut butter and jelly sandwich.
0: Fuck that, dude.
1: And now we're at day three. Had a busy day. Had my daughter with me all day. We had a really nice time. But there was no goblin treat time. I am uh, goblin is low, Pete. The goblin is low. So uh, I mean, you're gonna kill the goblin if you don't feed no, him. You, oh, that goblin is hard to kill. Let me just say <laughs> something. Let me tell you about that goblin. That goblin ain't dying. He's you good. gotta feed him. Mm-hmm. I mean, mm-hmm. I've I've somehow managed to have
0: leftover pizza in my fridge for like weeks, where like mm. I go out to dinner with a friend or go out to lunch with a friend or sure have people over and we have pizzas. There's just always leftover pizza in the fridge. So that yeah, the goblin has been like devoured. Goblin pizza.
1: Ch- Perfect go- goblin snacks. Yeah, leftover I did have, pizza. I had leftover Chinese last week. That was good. The goblin was sated. So um you know uh, uh cheers to everybody with the goblin. We're here with you as well. Let's talk about uh let's talk about some music.
0: <laughs> let's talk about a little band called uh Ride
1: Mm, mm. in a 1990 album called nowhere yeah this is a classic pete this is a classic right it's a
0: classic personal classic for me it's a personal classic
1: i think it's a personal classic to many in our audience uh shout out i'm pretty sure that it was suggested i'm pretty sure it would have been on your personal list to discuss anyways yeah pete i have somehow and i think this lends itself to why we've we're having fun and and by the way um thank you to everybody who is telling people about our show uh we've been doing really well uh we would be doing this whether we were or not but it is really really cool to see how many people are listening to our podcast so thank you Um, we do appreciate it tell a weird friend um this record has avoided me i have been aware of it. I thought I knew what it sounded like. Uh, Once again, I am a buffoon and I did know what it sounds like, but not totally. So I'm really glad to have sunk my teeth into it. Um, So did you, did this band avoid you entirely or just this album? Yeah, no, this band. Okay. Uh, They were, I was totally aware and fairly certain upon listening that I've heard some of these songs in, in passing basically, but I never sat with this record. And, um, I'll tell you what, just as kind of the preamble first couple tracks really threw me for a loop because it was not the sound that I had in my head for them. Okay. And, uh, but by a few more tracks, I was like, yeah, okay. Now here we are, here we are. This is where it is. But I always thought that was interesting. I, I think it's really interesting. The nuance of bands who are, Essentially, genre defining is that right? Like, when when we say the term "shoegaze," I think of My Bloody Valentine. Yeah, and then in the next breath, I think of a band like Ride.
0: Sure, same. That's yeah. Fair. I mean, it's all it's all within that same kind of period. I feel like where it really the genre kind of defined itself.
1: That's right. And that said. If you hear the term shoegaze and you're like, meh, I don't know, that's the stuff I've heard not for me, um, don't always allow that to steer you away from hearing the records that, that define genre. Because for sure. to me, this ride record has a lot going on, um, as I alluded to with those first two tracks, but it has a lot going on. Um,
0: yeah and it's very different from like a my bloody valentine for example oh
1: very different it's 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 uh, it's
0: it's the same conversation we've had a million times with grunge for example you know i mean this is uh this is i don't know the sound garden to the my bloody valentine's mud honey or something yeah that's actually
1: that's such a great parallel and i didn't think about it um yes yes that is that is the way to look at the the thing um can you so so that is my background with Ride. I've been aware of them. I've been familiar. I've known the cover of this record for uh, likely half of my long time. Life. Yeah, yeah, but I never sat with it, and I was very very happy to have done that. And we'll kind of get into it. That's what cool. is your background and personal history with this band and this record?
0: No, I'm stoked. I'm stoked to hear your feedback because uh, we did get we did get requests for this one. And that's why it made it on on the list, but it's also a personal favorite. And I thought if you weren't familiar with this, I was like, Bob is either familiar with this and likes it, or he's not that familiar with it and would like it. So I might be wrong, but I feel like I'm right. So I'm excited to hear you talk about it more. But um, my experience with this, I don't know. I heard it maybe when I was like 20, early 20s, late teens. Um, I was in college, friends of mine were getting deeper into the shoegaze stuff. They sent me a bunch of records. I actually heard their third record first, which sounds nothing at all like this. It sounds more like the birds than it does anything else. I'm not Um, surprised
1: by that in this at all, because the birds is one of the bands I I actually reference in some of my notes.
0: Yeah, it's not even like vaguely shoegaze. It's like really slick production. It's I like it in a lot of ways. Some of the songs suck on it. It's certainly not a great album, but it's it's got tracks. Um, but I heard that first and then I went to this. So it was kind of a weird way to get into them. But um, I really, really liked this record for a long time. Um, and honestly, it's one of those records that I feel like I like it more now than I ever did, where every time I listen to it, I find something new, which is one of the trademarks of a great album, you know? Mm-hmm. So um, Absolutely. it's cool. I mean, I feel like you can feel there's like punk influences in here, there's, mm-hmm. you know, like gothy kind of joy division d influences in here, but then there's also that kind of contemporary shoegaze th- or not contemporary but contemporary at the time like what yeah. was happening in that scene with the shoegaze stuff with lush and my bloody valentine and all these bands but then there's also like hints at you know the oasis and like the yes. kind of bigger pop stuff that was to come too so it's it's really an interesting record that i feel like kind of highlights a lot of stuff that was happening at the time and uh i actually had a friend Actually, John Valkos, who was on our Nirvana episode.
1: Oh, shout Uh, out to
0: John. I had him over once. This is like years and years ago. We were trapped during Hurricane Sandy with nothing to do. And we ended up watching a live ride video on YouTube. Mm. And he's a guy that like claims to know nothing about music, but he's actually really smart when it comes to this stuff. And we were watching this ride video, and he was like, dude, why was this band not as big as Nirvana? And like, he was just so into them. And as a guy that like... You know, like has a kind of keen sense for like what's good. I feel like he has a really good taste. Yeah, I was, I was, I was impressed that he. Yeah, I was impressed that he was just like he was so into ride, and I was like, huh, maybe there's something to that. Like, because a lot of people at the time, I think, thought that they were going to be the oasis, and then oasis ended up being the oasis, and
1: (laughs) you know, whatever. That's how it goes. So. Well, and I think this won't be the last time we mention Oasis and their yeah. place in all this. Um, do you want to give any background a little bit on the bio of this band and, and some familiarity? Uh, obviously, British band uh, starts in the late, late 80s. This record comes out in 90. Yep. Um, this is the one, right?
0: Yeah, I mean, this is the one. There, there are going to be people that like the record after this more, maybe, but this is the one. And And they had a lot of singles before this that people love but this is like the album um i mean i think it's it's kind of fun to talk about it in the way that like 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 what happened to the band before this it's like they released two eps and Mm -hmm. the guys were like 19 and 20 years old when this came out so they were like so young yeah which is wild
1: yeah Um, that's amazing
0: and it's on creation records that's notable creation ended up becoming like a super super important record label at the time yep um and for the era so i mean i feel like that's that's really it um andy bell who was one of the singers and guitar players in the band um ended up being an oasis starting in 1999 once uh ride broke up a few years a few years after ride broke up
1: and that's that all right well as usual <clears throat> I have a couple thesis statements okay. and questions maybe to open big ideas um, and also maybe even before I ask that I think we're gonna start doing I had an idea today that struck in me uh, and I think that one or the other of us should try to do this. Um, so I'm gonna I'm gonna often pitch it at you, but I'm gonna give you the reverse Uno card. Okay. And if you need to flip it on me, you can. But I don't think you need to flip it on me for this one. Give me your elevator pitch on Ride Nowhere. Ooh, I know. I know. So for people uninitiated, and so I can vamp to give Pete at least half a second to think while I I do this, an elevator pitch, if you are unfamiliar, is uh, a very, very tight, uh, short pitch uh, way to sell someone on an idea with the idea being, oh, you got into an elevator, you have that much time to get their interest, to pique their interest in whatever it is you're trying to do um you know uh this is the vacuum cleaner hose that's going to change the world no one knows what they can (laughs) got because not only does this suck up your stuff it can it can move to water right away as well (sighs) okay i am interested in this vacuum cleaning hose that kind of thing (laughs) pete ride nowhere give me that elevator pitch
0: i uh (laughs) <laughs> As an axe to grind listener, when you do this stuff with uh, your fellow host Patrick, he's really, he, he, he's really, really bad at the off the cuff stuff. Yeah, I, uh, I, I'm much like him in that I suck mm. at this sort oh, of exercise. Oh, All but, right, you but I'm going to gonna do ju- it? You no, want no, no, no! You, you, I'm going to okay. jump in. Let me, let me give All it a right, go. go. So, so, um, I always think about the drums when I listen to records. So this might be like drum centric. Mm, um, but I'm going to go for it. I'm going to mention Oasis because they're one of the biggest selling bands of all time. Um, if you like Oasis, but you also like, uh, early punk bands with like chaotic drumming, like one of the bands Mm. that comes to mind is the damned the song, neat, neat, neat. Yep. Every everyone likes that song. The drummer on that record sounds crazy, right? Mm -hmm. So somehow combine those two things, where you have the kind of 60s influence of Oasis and the mm. hooks of Oasis, mm. but with that kind of manic punk energy in there mm. sometimes. Okay. And, and uh, I think there might be a place in the middle where ride exists.
1: And by the way, you're hearing all that and I might be able to tell you that this is a relaxed listen as well. Sure. Okay. Um, my elevator pitch, Pete, you ready for this one? Okay, I'm, I'm gonna. I gonna came so up with it off the, the cuff. No, I can't, I'm coming <laughs> up with it off the cuff because I had to think of something while when I was like, "Oh no, he doesn't got it." That you was good. I actually bad. really like it. No, I thought it was really good. Yeah. <laughs> actually, because the Oasis references, you're hitting note. You're you're hitting musical references, which I thought were really good. Uh, so you're you're familiar with what a lot of people think about when they think about guitar music the the early '90s. You know the the grunge stuff, um, and then maybe you're familiar with. Um, you know, where it moves into the Brit pop and Brit rock of the mid-90s of of like Oasis or even something like Stone Roses, right? Well, what if I told you there was something uh, that was just a skew of that world sonically but happens to be the coolest sounding record you've ever heard? That's Ride Nowhere. Okay. So that's my elevator pitch. Um, Pete? I'm sold. I, I I was sold on yours. I thought it was very <laughs> good. Um, Ride Nowhere. Uh, I had no idea that this record would take so many elements from psych rock. Yeah. I had no idea how much I would feel the percussion lean into certain 60s elements um, on a pretty strong portion of this record, but as you mentioned filtered through an awareness of punk i don't know that i'd squarely place it in punk and you you certainly are a better authority than i i don't know that i'd uh, place it as punk but i'd place it in a space where it's 60s stuff but filtered through an awareness of what was going on in the late 70s and into the 90s for sure
0: yeah, that's um, all I mean. I mean, I don't. I would never consider Ride a punk band, but I just think no. they're they're so hyper aware of that kind of sound and that energy.
1: Well, that's the thing. I think that it's sort of. Well, I'm gonna get. All right, I might as well put it out as one of my big theses. Um, listening to this record, and it was, I did three listens on this one, Pete Carr. Car half a Bluetooth one, but I had a screaming baby, so that one didn't really count. um And then headphones. <laughs> okay. But on the second uninterrupted car listen, and it was where was I? I was I was it was on the song Decay. I asked and, and wrote down in my notes: Is shoegaze the post post punk sound?
0: That's a good thesis.
1: I think it is. I've,
0: I've never and, thought about that, but that actually makes a lot of sense
1: because it just seems so aware of punk, and it seems so aware of the the eighties Brit pop, new wave, goth, synth stuff. While not while not resting its laurels in any of those sounds, it's clear these people know that stuff. It's clear the way they play their instruments. It's clear even in the some of the vocal cadence stuff that they're aware of it. Um, yet it's something else, yeah. right? Like they're aware of the college rock 80s experience. They're aware of some of what was going on with the American stuff. They're much more leaning into what was the British stuff. But it's not squarely any of those things. And then pulling in some of the psych element and they get in some i mean i wouldn't be surprised if these guys were also playing with some prog stuff because of where they get to in some of the repetitions i i think that's why we end up with this this idea of like what would post post punk be you know where it's something different but there's an awareness and and that's kind of where i ended up and uh yeah i thought this was a super impressive record and I want to I put a note out to anybody before they do. I actually know there's some people who listen to our episodes. I also know there's people... Shout out to... I think there's been two people who've told me they do this. They say they listen to the episode up to the track-by-track. Track, stop it. Listen to the record, then go to the track-by-track. Track. That's fun <laughs> and cool. That's if fun. you're doing that... My third listen was the headphone listen. This is a different record on headphone listen. Yeah. I think the record sounds really good. Um in the car it sounds really good on the system it sounds good played loud on the headphones there's so there's so many layers and so many so much texture to this record that i was really impressed with that i actually popped it on headphones just to listen to one song but then realized oh it it sounded it was almost like i was listening to a different song so i went back and did the whole record headphones and was <laughs> was like okay yeah this is this is cool um, that's cool so anyways those are those are kind of my big theses um and i was i was surprised at how far this was from my bloody valentine because in my head it wasn't the exact same but it was it was less farfield and i think it's actually relatively far afield from what my bloody valentine um in the nuance you know like in In the same way, I'm trying to think like, what are two, it's not Nirvana and Pearl Jam. It's not, but it might be like Nirvana and Alice in Chains in terms of sonic differences. You can make more comparisons between Alice in Chains and Nirvana than you could like Nirvana and Pearl Jam per se. Right. But they are their own beasts.
0: Yep. Yep. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's there there's definitely something there. I'm not sure what that grunge comparison would be exactly, but I know, right? It's
1: it's a clunky it, one. It's but,
0: it's it's just funny because yeah, I mean, they're both My Bloody Valentine are the they are the Nirvana in the way that they like impact. I think they're the more influential overall. Yep. But Ride are right there but with a completely different energy. It's like I think Alice in Chains might be a good one for Ride maybe just in the way that when we did that Dirt episode, I was so shocked by how many people came out and were like, yo, this was the record for me at the time. Or it was younger kids saying that that was like one of their favorite records of the era where I feel like Ride has had this resurgence in that respect too, where you know, they got back together, what, like five, seven years ago, something like that. Right. And uh, it seemed like there was a lot of attention on them in this way that I kind of didn't expect. So,
1: Well, and, and that's something that I think is really cool as we continue to move forward in time um, is the what are the breadcrumbs that that remain? What are the, the pieces that the sands of time don't blow over? And sometimes it's not the one you expect. I, I will tell you this. Uh, donuts for dollars. Stone Temple Pilots were more popular than Alice in Chains.
0: 100%. Full
1: stop. Full stop. But now, here we are, uh, some 20-ish years later, and I hear so much more conversation about Alice in Chains, and maybe it's, you know, that echo chamber I'm in, Ba ba ba. but I hear so much more conversation about dirt than I ever hear about purple. Um and that that's interesting it's just the way history uh takes things and and what lasts you know um and i think that you know as we kind of noted i i the owls and chains certainly is the dirt is is one of the big records of that time now ride i think very uh deservedly Belongs in the conversation of like important records of the '90s. When I, you know, with this being my my maiden voyage, listening to it, it did hit some of the, my preconceived notes in my head. I've always been like, man, this record. I have to get it out of the way. It just looks really cool. It looks the cover art's great, unbelievably cool. Yeah, we'll yeah. get there. But in that meta way, and and you know, occasionally you apply the way you see a record as to how you hear it and vice versa but uh, but that's also not true in a lot of the records we listen to um but here it, it really applies and i felt that in the music i thought it was it just sounds effortlessly interesting and just has so much personality without feeling like it's pushing for it if that makes sense it's just kind of they just make it happen um, so so yeah I, I think this record deserves the time and attention and resurgence and in interest that it's gotten over the past however long
0: yeah I'm happy to hear that I'm happy I was happy to see that people are still interested because I do think it's like a really important record
1: now you have talked about this a bit and you mentioned the live video is this have you seen Ride I saw them on the reunion. Uh, and we're, what did you think of the live show? They were great. They sounded okay. great. Okay. Okay. Yeah. It wasn't, would you say it was, see, like, I, this is one of those situations where I don't want to push you too hard.
0: Well, I mean, so here's the thing. I I saw him, uh three times oh, over okay. the course so of like two years. Okay. Because they came, they played two broken shows on their initial kind of pass. And I saw them both, and then I saw them again when they came through again. Um they did that thing that I don't like reunion bands to do, which f- listen, from a human perspective, I get it you your your old band has renewed interest. You say, "Hey, people are coming to our shows. Let's put music out as ride mm-hmm. or as our old band." mm-hmm. mm-hmm. And less and less people start coming, but people are buying the records and whatever. So I get it because if I had a band that people were interested in from 20 years ago, I would probably do the same thing. But as a fan, I really don't like any of the new stuff they've put out. There's like, there's Mm, tracks here and there. There's a few songs, whatever, but like it just kind of, for me ruins the, the story of that band, you know, right. I, I I liked how, you know, they had two great records. They had one record where they clearly had, you know, artistic differences going on between the two songwriters and the band yeah. but it had tracks and then a fourth record that like has a few tracks, but was immediately dropped by the label. And then there was such internal chaos with the band. They broke up and like, that was the story of the band. Right. And then one of the guys joined Oasis and whatever. Mm -hmm. Um, But then they get back together and now they have like two reunion records and, you know, they're, they're still playing. I think now they're on like a nowhere uh, they're, they're doing the thing where you play the album in full. So they're playing nowhere um, at these shows recently. So like, it's, it's cool. And like, I can't tell anyone not to do that. I mean, I would be doing the same thing if I were them. But, like, as a fan, it's just, it becomes a little exhausting because I'm just Mm -hmm. like, you go to the show and you want to just hear the songs. You want to hear the songs. Yes. And and when you hear all the new stuff, it's like, guys, I know what you're doing. I feel you. Like, write new tracks. I understand Uh, that you're tired of the old tracks, but you know what I'm saying. I don't no, know how to say no, this without no, without, without, without sounding like out. a complete dickhead.
1: No, but I think that's that's uh something that needs to be talked about and is an interesting thing. Yeah, when uh when a band has been around for a long time and they have what are considered classics, um quite often there's a ten- time where there's distance, you know? Um in the arena rock world, and I'm thinking of the big metal bands for example or like Black Sabbath who had how many albums by the mid-90s?
0: Your favorite. tire, the, yeah. the, Right,
1: Right. tired. The, the <laughs> shtick is, hey, it's going to be a best of plus three to four songs off the new record. Right? Are you going to play anything off the last new record? No. Are you going to play anything off the third to last new record? Fucking no. Um, we're just going to play the hits from our first six records or whatever, and then play the songs from the new record that is a weird clunky kind of old school format that to be honest, service the audience mostly, you mm-hmm. know what I mean? Right? Like you go see black Sabbath, you want to, there's Jesus, probably 30 songs. You would be totally cool with hearing, but Hey, here's four songs off tire too, just to <laughs> try to sell you on the new thing. Um, right. And maybe it's good, maybe it floats you, maybe it doesn't, and that's different for, you know, subjective for the audience. Bop, bop, bop. In a smaller setting, uh, more niche audience, et cetera, I have seen this. I have seen this executed well. I've seen it executed tastefully where Legacy Band puts out a hot or good new record. It's a good new record. And they had done another new record that was pretty good. Not as good as the new new record. But they had two post-reunion albums. We'll we'll think of it. Mm-hmm. And seeing them interweave new songs without it coming off forced or like um, ob- obligatory, like Hey, and by the and here's a new one. Everybody groans and goes and gets a, a, a beer at the bar, you know what I mean? Yeah. That I thought, wow, it is possible. It is possible. So I, I implore people to just be smart about it. If you know and, and I know the guys from Ride are listening, so shout out. I uh, no, but <laughs> but I think it's it's just tactful and like how does it go and and does it feel shoehorn and it should be kind of you know uh consider it the same way you write a set list like how Dude, does also, it flow you know I, I don't know there's a way to do this, it to make it cool
0: i agree i mean even on the arena level so i saw maiden not too long ago right yes yes huge maiden fan yes they their most recent record senjutsu i think it's pronounced uh-huh i have not i have one friend that claims that think that it's good i think he's lying to me it has like two <laughs> songs on it yeah and and i say that as a guy that like loves most maiden records and will always yeah. look for the silver lining it's just not great that's just the fact it's just a fact so i saw him somewhat res- recently they did a thing that i th- thought worked really well where they opened the show with three songs from the new record mm-hmm. so they come on stage they play the first song from the new record, That, yep. the, then catch, the second song from the, the new record, yep. then the third song from the new record, like just the, in chronological Try to catch, order.
1: Hey, you're excited to be here. Here it is. People are going to be stoked. Here, it's not going to be a dip, a lull in the set. Okay. Exactly, exactly. And that's the thing.
0: It was such a slow build because nobody was really stoked on those first couple songs. Oh, that man. That by song four, when they kicked oh, they into like the, and the tracks, yeah. Yeah. everyone was amped. Like it actually, it was such a slow build kind of strategy. It worked really, really well.
1: Yeah. Um, okay. So
0: See? that's to say it can be done in any number of ways. I'm sure you yes. can just like work yes. those in through the set too, but like
1: no, there's maybe a bathroom
0: break song, but.
1: <laughs> there's a way to but, do it. And so that's, that's our, yeah. our weird tangent. Uh, yes. Don't don't be foolish, bands out there. Um, ride nowhere. Are you ready to track by track this bad boy? Let's track by track. Seagull. First song. First song. Psych rock like revival. Yeah. Psych rock revival. Percussion is yeah. <laughs> very 60s to kick in. Even the vocals here feels very psych rock. Um, I fear, feel that sonically, this track gave me very little of the sound that I have known as shoegaze. Okay. There's a couple flashes of the noisy, buzzy guitar haze, but overall I was like, whoa, Am I listening to the right record? Okay. Uh, I think it's a good song. I, I really like it. I thought it was like cool track, but it totally took me off guard the first time I listened.
0: That's cool. Um, yeah, I think it's a super strong opener. I kind of like how it sounds like they're kind of fiddling around with their instruments at first, and then it like punches in like a wall of bricks. Yes. Like, um, it's a really, really strong opener. I, I think that I feel you on the psychedelia. But I also I feel like some Joy Division gothy influence on the vocals, mm, where it's like, oh okay, where it's like there's harmony there, but it's
1: it's so unemotional. Um, yeah, so, so that's you know what it's it's interesting. That's a good point. When I think of it, I thought to a couple of the bands that we listened to on the Nuggets comp. I thought I thought of the Birds. I thought of Jefferson Airplane with yep. some of the more stilted disaffected vocal things that you get in certain psych rock where it feels the vocals are very arm's length and you catch it here but that also aligns with that joy division um I'd even maybe even step into Bauhaus level yeah 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 totally that
0: that that lane Yeah. yeah um I mean the thing that I like most about this song and a lot of the songs on this record is it kind of exists in this space where it feels like it's about to fall apart at any moment. And I think a lot of that has to do with the drumming, um, which I'm curious to hear your thoughts. I I really like the drumming on this record just because it's so... It's like organized chaos. It, like, it leads know, the he, record.
1: This is it's, it's It totally leads it, yeah. It sets the table for all the songs. It is both... So how do I say this? Because I think a lot of this record, there's, there's elements where it's... Um, Oh, okay. It's, uh, it's, I, I could use the term tasteful. It's tactful, but the drumming is, um, effervescent. Like it, it, it <laughs> even when it doesn't mean to, it ends up in the front of the line. Yeah.
0: Yeah. It's like they, they don't even intend for it to be up front, but it's just,
1: it's just, but it's, up, it's because it's exemplary. It's, it's so good. Yeah. Yeah. And it's just, it's like one of the first, it's the first actual commentary i made on this entire record when i started like thinking about jotting down some notes was that the the drumming the percussion really leans into this and it's just it's really there
0: nice that's cool
1: which i think gets overlooked sometimes and and especially with something like shoegaze i think so many people when when you talk about shoegaze there's always this focus on the guitar players etc but i i don't think that i think it's a drummer led uh genre if it's done well, because if you don't have a good John ja- drummer, when you get into some of the elements of shoegaze that, that I find interesting, which are repetitions. And then I think of the contrast between some of the buzzier guitar stuff and then softer stuff and, and, uh, how it can be drifty. If you don't have a solid drummer, you're, you're just going to write boring songs.
0: I agree. So I agree. Um, I say that as a drummer, so I'm biased, but Hey, um, I mean the only other note that i have here is that the the vocals when they kick in it almost feels like they're like they they kind of function as a mechanism to organize the song itself like because the music itself feels like organized chaos somewhat organized chaos but then the vocals are the thing that kind of lead it and i like that about it where it's it's not how vocals typically function where it's like another layer on the song. Like the vocals feel to me, like they're almost driving the thing yeah. and everything around it feels like it could fall apart at any moment. Um, and that's kind of a, a different thing where it, it's almost like the velvet underground on speed where it's like the velvet underground. I feel like we're very vocal driven a lot of the time yeah, or percussion driven, like one or the other, depending the on other the song. Thing. And I feel like ride take a lot from that. Kind of feel so I don't know Yeah this is a great song I, The 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 outro on this Is like a total mind melter barn burner um, oh, It's yeah. cool Great song
1: Kaleidoscope
0: um, I love the transition from the first To the second song It uh, comes in with green. this re- Yeah it comes in with this really melodic riff And this really memorable drum fill um, That sits like right at the top And brings the energy right back in it still has kind of that chaotic energy, but um, with the vocal melodies and the instrumental hooks that they have here, it it has somewhat of a different energy. So they're they're kind of offering something different here than they did on the intro track. But it 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 it, it all sounds consistent, and uh, I liked it a lot. What do you think?
1: Yeah, uh, um, I'm starting to feel a little more of the '80s influence, and, and we kind of reference some of where that's coming from already. Um, but we do get a little bit more of that psych fill still and still it. It's like, I was like, this is like a refurbished version of 60s energy until the last 45 seconds or so where we get that like buzzsaw solo that right, pulls yeah. it ahead and kind of starts to skew the, the scale a bit. And I'm like, oh, okay, okay, okay. Um, and I think you mentioned the transition between the first song and the second song. The flow on this record, from track to track, is um, I I, uh, I won't say perfect, but it's
0: it's, it's flawless. It's, I mean, it's right, yeah. there. It, it just, it's right it's, there. It's just right there. It's designed
1: yeah. to flow song to song. So uh, it's an album listen. Certainly, you can pull a song, but this is an album listen. So, it which is, is funny. Yeah. Just
0: just sorry. As, just as a note, I think I texted you a week ago when we decided to do this one. Where I was like, hey, let's stop at this one song. Like, let's just do the LP track list. Because I feel like every version of this, right? Like, I had the CD when I was like 19. And every version of this, I think since like the initial LP, has had a bunch of tracks tacked onto it. Which which kind of mess with the flow a little bit at a certain point, right? Because like the LP itself flows so well. And when you have those extra tracks tacked on, you might... Not realize that that like wasn't part of the initial track list, right? So I think that's like an important note. But... I think it's
1: super important, and you you, you you noting that to us, to to me, to us. Like, there's anyone else in the room with me? Um, <laughs> well, because I didn't I,
0: like when I first got the CD, I was just like, oh, this is this yep. is like kind of long. Like all the songs are good, but at a certain point, it kind of loses the plot. But the LP track list is
1: great. Yeah, it's an eight song, thirty eight minute long record moves pretty pretty well so you know uh keep that in mind when you when you go to listen to this whether it's on spotify or whatever you're doing um next track in a different place
0: um slows it down a bit i think this is kind of a welcome reprieve after all the the noisiness and chaos of the first two but it's a great song it kind of gives it space to breathe a little bit this is where they kind of stretch their legs and show you that they're capable of a song that isn't just composed of like this frenetic kind of uh, guitar effecty energy, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. right?
1: Yeah. Um, I, I noted, I was like, oh, here's the turn.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: Um, it, it's decidedly more 80s college radio and sound, sweater music in the college library. <laughs> um, you do get these energetic flourishes they're not like that buzzsaw or noisiness you get from the first two tracks but these energetic flourishes that to me felt like evolutionary smiths or morrissey material mm-hmm. definitely british energy for sure um, yeah the song kind of meanders like a uh how do i put this like um, okay it's like one of those long scenic roller coasters <laughs> um, I guess like the the trains that you go on that are like, oh yeah, you're gonna go through this valley and it's gonna go like 10 miles per hour, but it's you know beautiful. Um there's a lot to see. So I'm not saying it meanders in a bad way. It kind of just there's a lot to feel in this song. Um It also feels sonically like such a precursor to so much. 90s morose alt yet to come. You know what I mean? Like, I feel <laughs> like this song has a lot of progenies. Sure.
0: Yeah, I mean, um, I feel you on that. Next uh, song. Next song. Polar Bear. She knew she
2: could fly like a bird, but when she said
1: I start just, here, here we get to the looping and some repetition. This is this is the sound the sound I was expecting. This is the shoe okay. sound I was looking for. Um yep. but I was really pleased to experience it kind of this deep into the record. Um because of the context. It's like the first three tracks totally flow into this perfectly and the next four tracks flow out of it perfectly. Mm-hmm. But in my vision of it, it's almost like this would in the first... If this was the first song on the record, I'd be like, yeah, okay, yeah, all right. Yeah. Um, it has kind of this undulation, um, a little bit of a continuation of what we heard from In a Different Place. But it's, it's not so much a sonic sequel. It just continues this track-to-track flow that's, like I said, it's flawless. So um, in a, for a song that I found pretty repetitious... By nature, it feels really fresh too. As you're listening to it, it's not. It doesn't get stale.
0: Yeah, yeah. I think this is one of those songs that could be template for a certain sound. Sure, but 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 like you're saying, if done, if done, not even wrong, but if done, just kind of uh, like the B grade version of this is boring. Whereas I do not think of this song as boring. It's actually, it has this beautiful kind of build. And I think the drums on it like are really tasteful in how they build the stuff up. Yep. Um, but there's so much more that goes into that than one would think, right? Like this, this is not like a super easy song to write in that respect. So, um, it's a great song. It's maybe one of my favorites on the record. Mm, Yeah. Um, but it's like, it's so understated. Like it's hard to even talk about You kind of just have to listen to it and feel it. Right. So like
1: that, that's how I feel about this, this group of songs basically from here out. Um, Yeah. Yeah. There's, there's just a lot going on. Um, Next track dreams burn down.
0: So this might be actually my favorite song on the record. Uh, Um, Okay, cool. Um, (laughs) I love the there's drum intro on movies, it. But this is right there. Right? I mean, there's there's the whole record's got tracks, but um, it has this one has like a real punk edge to it that I feel like I can feel. Uh-huh. There's a really noisy bridge on it that I really like. There's just a lot of energy, but it still maintains that kind of sh- like template shoegaze repetitiveness mm-hmm. in this really perfect way. And it's one of the notable things for the tracks pod is that it's over six minutes, and I feel like it feels like 3 minutes long. Um oh. which they do a lot of here where it's yeah. longer songs. I mean you mentioned I think eight songs you said 38, 38 39 minutes. minutes. Yep. So like it's it's longer songs but I don't know. I don't know how you feel but none of these songs to me feel like they drag much at all. So this is no. one of those.
1: No, I uh, I don't think so. Um there's almost this glowing twinkling sound uh in the loops especially at the beginning of the track, it's it's, but it's also got a little bit of a discordant edge. You you kind of alluded to that, yeah. Um, it's very textured, very. This is the one that when I put the headphones on, I was like, whoa. Um, it's pushing forward sonically. There's a real broken glass feel to the n- noisy guitar breaks that I found. Like that's what I wanted to listen to headphones. Yeah, um, because this song was a good song prior. It becomes a great sound, a song on headphones. Listen. Um, and it, it does I think on this as I go from in, in a different place to Polar Bear to Dreams Burned Down contextually it puts the first two songs on the album a little bit on an island to me mm-hmm. but uh, I like the context of it and I, I overall like the, the flow of the album and, and this song itself is, is awesome it's a really great song
0: next song Decay
1: yeah, I think this is... it's It's got a harder edge, too. Um, at points, I might even call it harsh. Um, mm-hmm. But there's still this underlying driving beat that's kind of building as the song goes. And then the low end, the bass is just bubbling along. Yeah. Um, and I think it gives the song this underbelly that is so interesting. And this this is the song that pushed me to the is shoegaze the post post-punk sound. Um, and that's kind of, I, I I felt that so much in this song.
0: I feel you. I mean, this, this song, I think more than any other, it, it has the darkest energy of all the songs. I feel no like question. on the record. And that's yeah, that's definitely where the post-punk feel might come in. Um, and, but that being said, it's maybe my least favorite song on the
1: record. Whoa, really? Okay. Yeah.
0: I I mean, I, I like that it changes the energy a bit, but it still stays, stays consistent. Like I, I like that the kind of frenetic energy of certain parts of this song mirror the energy of the first two songs, but in this like mm. darker way. Um. So it feels like, you know, the yin to the yang in a certain respect, but I don't know. This is the one song that, at certain on certain listens, not all listens, but mm-hmm. certain times when I'm listening to this record, I'm like, this song comes on and at a certain point I'm like, all right, ready for paralyzed. But I <laughs> like right.
1: it. Okay. Paralyzed. Pete. Are you familiar with the Metallica song Nothing Else Matters? Yeah. I got a little bit of that energy to start this track. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Is so this pre nothing else matters?
1: No matter just... <laughs> are we are you saying Metallica is ride influenced? Um, but nothing else matters, it's on. it has to be on Black Album, right? Um, yeah, <laughs> let's check. I think Black Album in Black my album head, has to be Black like Album 90. 91. Yep, so it's, it's concurrent. Maybe Metallica got some ride tapes, and we're like, ooh, ooh. yeah,
0: head, Headfield had the demos it was like guys (laughs) they
1: were they were uh is on to something yeah Yeah, they're pen pals you know um (laughs) no there's uh, there's some guitar harmonics and little things it's a very soft feel um it reminds me it's very epic it's got a sweeping feel to it uh it also reminds me a lot we we actually did an episode a while back on the band into another it reminds me into another song william okay um off the, the album Ignorance. Um, so this is a great song. It's, it's, uh, but it's a mood shifter. Uh, sonically it's right in line, but, but it does, it shifts things over for a bit for me. And I do really like it. I, I think it's, this is the, the very strong part of the record is basically the B side here. So, um, I, I think it's a great song.
0: Yeah. I co-sign all of that. I, I think it's, uh, it's definitely a switch in energy, but I think that it, it really works and it makes for like a great fourth quarter of this record. Yeah. Um, I was actually thinking it's funny since we did the cave and Jupiter episode, I th- I've texted you about certain records. I was listening to that, that I was like, man, cave must've been listening to this when they wrote that record. But this was another one where I was just like, were they listening to this record? Cause this has yes. a lot of like Jupiter energy here. Um, but yeah, I mean, uh, it's like almost like "Lighters in the Air" ballad at certain points. Yes, it's like it's like as close as they're gonna get to that. But it's it's still very much them. Um, I don't know; it's hard to describe. I think it's a great song. I'm probably not selling it well at all, but I uh, I like it, and I think it contributes a lot to like the, the B side and particularly the the kind of fourth quarter of this
1: record. So. Yeah All right. the, the last song Favor Trail
0: I think this is an all-time great song of the genre um like this should be on any kind of shoegaze shoegaze adjacent mixtape or compilation or whatever it's like a super iconic guitar riff if you've ever heard ride chances are it may have been this song um it's 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 great it's like perfectly layered the fade out at the end is perfect um as a closer, it's a perfect song, but I think it also works really well in the context of like any mixtape or any place you may have heard it. Um yeah. it's it's just really affecting.
1: Yeah, this is this is a song that, that I, I what I wrote was like, Yeah, this record just feels very cool. Um we get a fusion of sounds that also song has a bit more pop sensibility than some of the others here. Yep. Um, but the riff is so pleasant and understated light jangle, sort of like a pillar in the surf. It's there even if you don't always see it. Um, <laughs> that was my, my, my uh, waxing on the song. It's a great song. Great song. Excellent closer. Um, and honestly, it feels... <sighs> uh, sometimes I've talked about this, but it might be a long time. I really like when albums feel like complete documents. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean, and you can almost feel it at the end of a, an album, at the end of the last song, where it's like end scene. Theme. Yeah, you know what I mean. There it is, like it's take a bow moment, and and that's how Vapor Trail feels. It's it's really good. It's not the most epic song in the record. It shouldn't be. Uh, it just feels like such a well placed song. And 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 from what it looks like, it's one of their most popular songs too, right? Yeah, for sure. Good job. For sure.
0: Yeah. I mean, it's, I think we, uh, I think I mentioned in the pink Floyd episode, how I just kind of wanted to stand up and clap at the end. Like I I feel, I feel that way about this. And I, I totally feel you about the, like the fin. you know, like, like,
1: yeah. Right. Like that's when you get a complete document, it's like, it's so great. A completed thought. This is what it is. It's like, yes, this is what I wanted. It's done. It's great.
0: Yeah. And it's, it, it, it makes you feel so good about the experience you just had with the album where it's like, man, I could just have this in my collection. And this is like a statement, you know, the, the cover art is great. The closer is great. The album is great. It's like, well done guys. It's, it's one of those things where I feel like a record like this, had they just done this, it still would have had an impact.
1: Yeah. 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 I agree. I agree. I mean, Yes, that's actually uh, a funny category to think of. Is the the idea of uh, single out bands with one album that that's it? They don't single single album impact. We could call it. You know what I mean? Um, We should do an episode on that. That's a fun episode. I yeah agree. All right, bank it. We got it. Pete, are you ready to uh, give this some um, somewhat trivial but fun? grades uh to 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 close us out let's do it ride nowhere holistic quality how good is this record in just a general sense out of 20 i'm going strong on this one i'm giving it an 18 16 for me very very good record highs how high are the highs of this record how good are the best elements of this record out of 10
0: I'm giving it a 10.
1: Oh, wow. Uh, It's high for me. It's an eight for me. It's really, it is very strong. Cool. Lows Lows. Lows. out of 10. Yeah. The the worst parts of this record, how bad are they out of 10? Um, Pete, for me, it's a six. Not very low. Uh, I really, you know, the only things I could levy against it are one the first two tracks feel a touch uneven with the rest okay. of the record and two you might have to be in the right mood for this yeah uh, as a whole but uh, if if you throw this record on and you're feeling it you're going to feel it all the way through
0: i feel the mood thing although i feel like if i throw it on i kind of just it puts me in the mood you somehow it has that sort of vibe so
1: Marvin i Gay gave energy. it an 8 Good yeah, job. Exactly. <laughs> Eight, um, competency peer review out of ten. Uh, I gave this a nine. I think it's uh, somewhat remarkable to see how um, competent it is. The we talked about the drumming, and I think that's the leader. But everything feels so effortless. Um, that became a. <sighs> they were able to tra- translate the effortlessness that you heard in some of the like new wave bands and like, I think of a band like joy division feels somewhat effortless in their, their quality. I think of, um, I think of some of the big arena rock bands in the seventies, Led Zeppelin effortless in their, their yeah. competency. Uh, ride is effortless in their competency.
0: I feel that I give it an eight
1: similar reasons. All right. Drag factor out of 10. Does this record drag?
0: Does not drag. I gave it an eight.
1: I gave it a seven. Only uh, you got to be in the mood. Some of the songs are long. Sure. Flow. How well does this record flow? Um, it's almost
0: perfect. I don't know why I'm not giving it a 10, but I'm going to give it a nine just because
1: there's, I don't know. I don't know why. I give it an eight. Only I, I've, I don't want to beat the drum on this. Uh, the, the first two tracks, Versus the last six, there is just a touch of unevenness there. Otherwise, yeah. the track by track flow, even including those songs, is exemplary. Um, aesthetic, uh, the way the record looks, the packaging, etc. Out of ten, um, what do you got? Perfect score, Bob. Same. I mean,
0: I think the same. Yeah, same. I mean it's it's just this undeniable great cover art. I think that just the stark lettering on Ride. Where there's really no you there, there's no album title. It's called Nowhere, but it's not on it, the record. I think it was like, kind of this embossed. Yeah. So talked it
1: wasn't on the original. Record. Yeah, it was like embossed. It was like a, a raised letter kind of text thing. Um, some of the CDs, some had a sticker indicating it. Some had nothing. You know. Yeah. Um, yo, uh, it's a perfect score. It's perfect. Um, it plays in to the next category that we're going to talk about, which is impact and influence. Uh, I gave this a seven. I could have gone higher. Um, but you know, I'm going to, I'm going to leave it right there because I think this is one of those, they influenced influencers kind of thing. Yeah. Um, and, uh, but I also got to say the artwork or the record was influential in its own way.
0: Sure. I gave it a seven for similar reasons. It's like, it's, it's It's there in a big way, and it's on the radar, but it's just like you don't hear the name checked as often as I think no. you
1: should um and the intangible, the et cetera, the things that you can't quantify or haven't been said here. Um, for me, I gave it an eight because it just feels cool. It's a really good record. I think it might get overlooked by people um for a lot of different reasons, but one thing, you might think you're it's too cool for you? No. Um, I think if you like, if you, even if you're just somebody who likes the cranberries, you can find stuff you really like on this record. So, uh, give this one a chance. It's an eight out of 10 for me.
0: I feel that, um, I give it a nine for similar reasons. I mean, yeah, but I, I think you bring up a great point just in terms of sometimes you think of shoegaze and you think of like pretentious kind of Mm -hmm. artsy stuff or like people who are too good at their instruments or trying to be too good at their instruments or maybe not good at their instruments and hiding it through like fuzz pedals. (laughs) Um, but like, uh, these guys are so unpretentious about the whole thing. It's like, just imagine a 19 year old just kind of doing, doing a thing based on the music that they're aware of at the time. It's, it's really cool. Um, to me, there's just like this great youthful energy to this stuff that's uh I feel super warm towards. So uh yeah, I love it. So I gave it a nine.
1: Perfect. I came out of seventy-nine out of one hundred. Where were you at? I'm at Is an eighty seven. Ooh, I was gonna see if this hit a ninety for you because I knew it would be close. It
0: could, dude. I mean, I could I could rate it higher if I wanted to, but I'm
1: I feel comfortable with my rating here. I think it's a great rating. Um as always, everybody, uh five star reviews on Apple or whatever podcast thinger that you can rate things on um, we truly appreciate it you can send us wonderful beautiful short long <laughs> tall round square etc emails to trackspot at gmail.com and if you participate in social media in whatever form it exists in uh, our handle on whatever platform you enjoy is at trackspot. So check us out. Give ride a chance. It is undeniably, effortlessly, oozing cool. That does not mean it is
2: too cool for this Bye everybody.